Here comes the biggest asshole after the whole world's ever seen. Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary LLC. Brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole. Clary. Greetings and salutations. Oh, look at all that background noise. Uh, if you didn't know, this is the Clary Podcast, which you did know, but you did not know that I am currently in my, uh, well, this is the Curse Free Podcast. I was going to say something else. My really crappy bleep Prius. I got a Prius rental car, not by choice, and uh, I have caught all manner of uh, hell. Uh, from my fans and followers and, quote, friends uh, on the interwebs. I uh, took a picture of the Prius. Never wanted to drive one. Never wanted to drive one of these things. And the only other time I ever drove one before was when I was driving uh, Vegas Bend around. There's Vegas Bend and then there's Denver, Denver Bend. You have to separate the two. But uh, Vegas Bend, uh, I was playing sober cab for him, me and my girlfriend. Uh, so we were just bumming around. He was kind enough to show us around and hit all the different cool, kitschy bars in Vegas. Always good to have a friend like that in Vegas. I always talk to these people. Like, oh, you ever been to Vegas? And I have fond memories. I love Vegas. Probably end up moving out there. And I realize it's because of people like the great Matt Baldoni, Vegas Ben, uh, you know, the people, not just for friendship and, and intelligent conversation, but they show you around. They say, look, look, you got to get off this trip. And if you can get an in, if you can get a guide, if you can get a friend, uh, there is so much more that Vegas offers, like hang gliding and hiking and this and that. Uh, not that the strip isn't cool. And to this day, my favorite restaurant there is the Pepper Mill. Which you haven't gone, if you haven't been to the Pepper Mill in Vegas, then you have not been to Vegas. But that's precisely what I'm talking about. Is you got to go, you got to go with the insiders. You got to go where the people who live there go, because they're sick of the strip just as much as any of you are. Anyway, so I was uh, uh, sober cabbing over in Vegas. And uh, Vegas Ben has a Prius. Don't know how the heck he ended up getting it. This guy is more conservative than I am. Uh, he is certainly not the environmental. Did, he, did it fall into his lap? I don't know if he inherited it or uh, he got it at an auction or a really great deal. But the it, the, it sucks. It just sucks driving. Everything about it sucks. The only thing good about a Prius is that you get great gas mileage. That's it. But the way they designed it, because it's got the electric engine, you can't, it's not analog. It's all computerized. It's like analog. You, you, you put the key in the ignition. You turn the ignition. That turns the starter, and that then fires up the battery and the alternate and everything. You can hear the engine fire up. You say, aha, I know. My body now knows. My brain knows through, through my body's senses that the engine is running. I can hear it and I can feel it. Not a Prius. Oh, no. Because we have to be precious. 
we have to just be like so cutting edge. A lot of it, I bet you, you know, some of it is certainly like, oh, we want to go green. Look at us. Oh, we're green. Oh, we're so nice. But a lot of it is these IT nerds. They want to push the envelope of, let's see if we can make it do this because that'd be really cool. Because as we all know, nerds absolutely have the, their fingers on the pulse of what is one, cool, and two, what everybody in society wants. That's why they're nerds, right? That's why nerds are so popular. So they over-engineer and they say, let's, let's, let's see if we can start the, the car without the engine starting. So if you ever drive one of these, you know, a Nissan Leaf or a Prius or, you know, the hybrid or whatever. I don't know if the, the hybrid or uh, the Leaf have the same design. Uh, but you turn the ignition, you don't hear anything. You know, like, is the car starting? So you keep turning the ignition and then after like, you know, two minutes, like, oh, do I have, is, the battery's not dead, the lights are coming on, how can the battery be dead? This car is nothing but a huge bank of batteries. And then you, then you put it into reverse, well, do I have to shift it to get in? And all of a sudden it starts backing up, but you don't hear the engine. Oh, and you're like, oh, that's right. These clever nerds, these virgins over in California, these, these not, not cool hip geek nerds, these are, these are the reject nerds. These are the ones that thought they'd be so clever so precious to engineer crap nobody ever wanted and and by default doing things illogically not building a car or a vehicle or any product for that matter intuitively look at Windows 8 Windows 8 nothing but a bunch of social reject nerds saying, ugh, 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 I got an idea let's, let's make it let's make it an app we know it's a computer but let's make it like a tablet or a cell phone and Steve Ballmer, who, by the way, was fired. I just want to point that. The, the former, former, keyword on former CEO of Microsoft. Uh, he said, he, he doubled down. Well, we're just, you're just going to have to get used to it. You must suck my fellatio. See, I'm, wait, dick is not cursing either. Suck my dick. I'm Steve Ballmer, and you're just going to have to get used to it. We're nerds, and we're going to shove it down your fr- throat, just like Hillary Clinton's going to shove vag in your face. I didn't say it was clean. I just said it was curse-free, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so since they base it on what they want or how clever they use, they basically use all of society as an experiment, and society's been conditioned like for hundreds of years, or at least 100 years with cars, key, ignition, turn, engine start, fuel rumbling, okay, now it's okay to shift. No, no, they just gotta be so cute. So cute! So after dicking around with that for about five minutes, you find, oh, yeah, okay, it's, it's, a, it's an electric engine. I guess they start with the electric engine all the time so you can save those three drops of gasoline and then brag about how freaking green you are. So you sit there, you, you get in, then you start driving around. And, uh, and, that, and then that's, this, is, this is really a car. It's spacious, I'll grant you that. As Vegas Ben says, it's good for the butt sex in the back. <laughs> and it is. I'm looking in the back. This is a huge back seat. It's very spacious, very fuel efficient. That's all it has going for it. I remember the layout, like the dashboard is just weird. It, it's like, hey, we built you this spaceship. Look at this cool layout. Except it's like, yeah, but this is a Prius. This isn't an X-Wing fighter. This is like the gayest vehicle ever. I don't want it. Oh, got to make a curve here. Here we go. 
it, it really is. And I kind of answer. I say, hey, can I? You got something else? A Yaris. I'll have a Yaris. You know, they they'll still have my manly hood. And oh no, sorry. All we got is the Prius. I'm like crap. And I made the mistake of pick, pick, taking a picture and I put it up there. I said, the rental company decided to give me a fake mobile and I take I take Vegas Ben in on it, just like Vegas Ben. I can now drive in a fake mobile. <laughs> And I should, now everybody, oh, they piled on top of me. They piled on top of me. So as you surmised, uh, I am in the, I am in the Fagmobile now. We are, we just left Grand Junction, Colorado. Beautiful town. I love it out here. Uh, Staying with the sergeant and Cindy Crawford. They were kind enough to host me. Uh, I wanted to get a little bit of hiking in Colorado before the snow started falling. I got a bunch of hikes in, great hiking. Honest to God, don't know why the heck I didn't move out here. When I, well, I know why, because I was I was an idiot. I, I was 18. Nobody told me any better. Uh, there there was a, a severe lack of upbringing or or opening your horizons. That really is something that parents fail at. Not and I'm not going to slam on the boomers, even though my parents were boomers and completely failed in this regard. But I think every parent fails in this regard about opening up the horizons of their children, giving them context. Like, okay, look, here's life. Like, by the time you're 40 and you're starting to teach your kids, you know, wisdom and the meaning of life, I understand you little five-year-old kid, all they want to do is eat ice cream and play. I got that. Now is not the time to have great philosophical discussion. But when they're like 10 or 12, don't you want to take them around, show them the country, you know, throw them in the back of the station wagon and like, hey, let's go to the Grand Canyon. Hey, let's go to Chicago. And, and trying to in context, context is the key thing because it, it explains our right, here is the context, the environment in which you sit in this world. And unless you want to become an astronaut, this is your playground. Right now, you are 10 or 12, but start thinking about what you'd like to do. What are your dreams? Now are your times for your dreams to start being formulated. Albeit embryonic, albeit proto dreams, and albeit maybe you have some dreams that are unrealistic. Like I said, when I was 10, I wanted to be a Veritech fighter, which some of you true nerds will get. You cool nerds, not the one that insists on being cute with your freaking inventions and forcing it on society like a tyrant. But he said, okay, and, and here are the general ground rules. Colorado has beautiful mountains. Do you want to go mountain hiking? Let's go look at mountains. Do you like fishing? Let's go out on the lakes of Minnesota. Do you like skiing? Let's go up to Whistler. Let's go out to Breckenridge. Do you like the desert? Do you like hunting? What what is it? You know, let us let us show you. And even if you didn't have the budget, which my parents certainly did not. I mean, ooh, yeah, we went from Milwaukee to Minneapolis. Whip the freaking ding. Hey, look, we're gonna go from one crappy Midwestern town to another crappy Midwestern town. See? See, isn't it great here? The, the lakes are slightly larger and it's slightly cooler. You have no idea what, what, what your dreams are. And then you think, okay. It's, it's like I was listening to the Ancient Warfare History podcast, and, and you want to talk about total geek out. You get these, they all got British accents. I like them. Listen to it. Uh, HistoryNetwork.org. And they were talking about, what was it, Sparta and Athens? Was those the two rival cities over in ancient Greece? And they were talking about how, you know, you think, oh, wow, wouldn't it be cool to be living in Greece in the ancient world? And, uh, 
yeah, okay, for, in, in, in hindsight, maybe that would have been cool, but these people's lives never left the city walls. Otherwise, you'd get killed. The majority of their lives were within a 20-mile radius of where they are. Right now, me driving through, I'm on the Colorado River on I-70 going up the Mesa to the, uh, to the east of Grand Junction. Uh, the Indians here, the Utah Indians, uh, their lives were not more than 20 miles outside of the protected canyons or the mesas. And so now with technology and, and transportation and the inventions of predominantly white males, you can all thank us later instead of hating and being gel on us. That, that's all right. We understand you're jealous. Uh, many thanks to white males in the past, uh, we could, you, your playground is huge. The, the playground by which you can explore and live your life is massively, I mean, it's around the world, around the world. Unless you want to get into the circles of the Arctic and the Antarctic, which becomes a little bit more difficult a little bit more expensive. But you can travel pretty much anywhere you want. And there's no context given. Even to this day in the first world, you gotta you gotta outthink, you gotta think outside the box, you gotta go say, I wanna travel to Thailand. I wanna be like Roosh. Roosh is a perfect example of a guy who thought outside of the box and said, screw it, I'm traveling. And there's many more. What uh Cernovich, I mean shit, it's it's uh, shoot, it's no coincidence a lot of the independent, red-pill-minded people who self-taught themselves out of the brainwashing that we received from the 70s, 80s, and 90s uh, all of a sudden came up with these philosophies and theories only to have them confirmed in mass and by democracy by the Internet. But they, they, they you know, so they, they conglomerate. It's not, there's no surprise there that the density of true independent-minded and travelers and the likes of me go around and know the United States like the back of the hand. No, no surprise that there's a higher density of population here. But f- come on, parents. Come, I got another, perfect another example. To show you it isn't just the baby boomers. Not unrelated, though, too. One of my old elementary school friends. Uh, you know, I'm talking the parochial school. Swallowed it whole. Swallowed it whole. The Lord will provide. Jesus is our Savior. The Lord has a plan. Spit out four or five kids. Finally got her teacher's license. I mean, really, this was the... And nice lady, don't get me wrong. Wonderful, beautiful woman. Just, just a nice gal. Husband, nice guy. These are good people, don't get me wrong. But good or, or, or evil doesn't matter if you believe in stupid things like religion that have no bearing in reality and you spit out more kids than you can afford. Oh! And they barely can make it to the Black Hills. They, they, oh, maybe, maybe we can make it to Colorado. You are not teaching your kids the context of this world and, and, and the capacities that they could have within it. You're not showing them what they could achieve. You're not showing them all the options that are available on the table. Now, thankfully, they did get to the Black Hills. They, they did because the mountains, that's, that was kind of my dream. I saw pictures of it. I see it in the encyclopedia when I was a kid. My dad, heck, he went out to, to Glacier National, and you thought it might as well have been Mars because there was no money. We're never going to get out there. Hey, we saw some swamps in Minnesota. Ain't that exciting, though? But if you don't have the money, if you don't have the finances, and also you bang out a bunch of kids, and you don't have the ability to go and at least show them this world, and what's it? you're failing them. I wouldn't say it's child abuse, but you, you failed in that parental regard. You did not teach them context. You did not teach them possibilities. You did not show them what their true horizons and limitations were. The only limitation we have in the United States and, and most of the Western world, most of the world as well, I'd say as well, 
is gravitational is the escape velocity of the of the earth that's really the only true limitation you have you should be able to travel anywhere and maybe not as frequently as you like especially if you're coming from a poorer country i understand but you should be able to make it anywhere in this world and here i am in grand junction and i didn't just stick in grand junction but I went down to this town called Gateway, um, Colorado. If you want, go online. Uh, go to my blog. I posted some pictures. Hike Craig's Nest. That was like, what, 11,000 and change. 12-mile round-trip hike. No oxygen. Oh, that, that that beat me up. If it was Wyoming, Clary, where I was adapting to the high elevations, I could have handled that one a little bit better. But, um, no, I couldn't. I, I, was, I was hurting. I've been a flatlander again too long. But just, and it's, <laughs> the place I was staying, two minutes away, two minutes, two freaking minutes away is the Colorado National Monument Park entrance. That, that might have, it took me 20 years, 21 years actually to be technically correct, to get to any kind of level of hiking like that, to have any kind of opportunities. And you have a choice. You can live in these crappy, flat, boring states. You can live in these leftist crap holes over on the East Coast. You, where you can maybe get around by bus where all of you don't have a car because there's no reason to have a car because you're so densely populated, condensely uh, uh, packed in like sardines. Or you can move. Or you could explore. Or you could, you could go to a town like Grand Junction, Colorado and hey, you know, two minutes away. Even when I was in Buffalo, Wyoming, for all the drawbacks that Wyoming had, I was in Buffalo, Wyoming. It was great to know there were 13,000 peaks and the trailheads to them that were 10 minutes away. 10 minutes away. It, and I'm trying, this is why I wrote Reconnaissance Men, uh, Reconnaissance Man, for all you boys and girls, and all you 20-some. Everyone thinks that this is for like a high school kid. At, the book is, it's going to be of most value if you read it as a high school kid. That doesn't mean it's not going to be of value. It's going to be of immense value if you're some 20 or 30-something who's wandering the desert and you can't figure out what to do. Get out and explore. Succeed where your parents have failed you. Explore the country. Go to Grand Junction. Go to Rapid City. Go to Denver. Go to Phoenix. Go to Vegas. Travel. Explore. Figure out where you belong in this country. And don't waste another minute. Don't waste another second of your life in some crap hole, be it a East Coast megatropolis. Let's uh, have uh, minorities, uh, not minorities, let's have the Democrats uh, uh, oppress the minorities and make you all poor and blame it on whitey. Or some boring crap of, well, it's just nice here, Minnesota. Well, why would we move? It's just, there's nice and we're just so Minnesota nice and... Did we, did we tell you we have more uh, Fortune 500 companies headquartered in the Twin Cities than any other city per capita? Why, why? And we have the Minnesota Twins. And the Mall of America, jeez. It's just so swippily here. Why would anyone move? Freaking Truman Show. That's what Minnesota is. You guys want to know what it is. It's a self-inflicted Truman Show. Well, Minnesota's just so dang nice and swiftly kind. Let's invite all the Muslims from Somalia in as they rape and pillage. <laughs> Actually, they don't rape and pillage. They go on welfare. I, I got to be honest with the Somalis. The Somalis are not the violent, you know, you, you, that's Malmo. That's something, that's in Sweden. The Somalis in Minnesota, I don't know what they do. They do it pretty well. They get. They, they go out, they hustle, they get their, uh, 
they become taxi cab drivers or now Uber drivers. But then they all go on welfare. But how can you necessarily blame them? You're going to offer them free food and free this and free lodging? I, I can't, can't argue. They're only operating in the best interest. But these doopy, dopey, brainwashed, idiotic sheeple. The freaking sheeple in Minneapolis. I was running around Lake Calhoun. If you know what Lake Calhoun. These are the lakes. My friend of the lakes. Beautiful lakes. Wonderful lakes. That's one good thing that Minneapolis has going for it is it's city parks. Don't come down here for the mall. Come down here for the park system. Okay? Come down here for the municipal park system. And so I'm running around. Beautiful day. And you can you can rent uh, kayaks to go kayaking. Honest to God, I took a picture of it. 50 people, 50, a, a line of 50 people deep, all lined up to go rent kayaks. They're that dumb. They're, they're that lacking of context and knowledge and what their horizons is to know what is out there for them. To know what they're missing out on, what their opportunity costs are. They're that boring. There's another place, Sebastian Joe's. Greatest ice cream you're ever going to have. And then once again, people say, oh, it's the greatest Mexican food. No, and you go there and you're like, yeah, this is kind of average Mexican food. Or your mom. This is the greatest book ever. No, it's actually quite an average book. Greatest movie ever. Average movie. When I say it is the greatest ice cream ever, I mean it beats all the ice cream I've ever had. And by a significant margin. The gelato you can get in Italy, in Switzerland, and France, like that real European gelato. Even our American ice cream at Sebastian Joe's blows that stuff out of the water. And I was addicted to that gelato. Imagine our good friend Matt Baldoni, the great Matt Baldoni, with all his, his refined and highly demanding Italian tastes in food. If you didn't know this, Mr. Baldoni has very um, high, high uh, standards for Italian food. Mr. Baldoni would, would get down on his knees and cry after having one taste of the Italian gelato that we had in Italy because it was that good. Sebastian Joe's ice cream beats that. So here I am, the guy, ah, you know, Saturday, the GF was out of town. I went to Lee's Liquor Lounge, said hi to, unfortunately, a, a, a friend of mine that has cancer. Uh, hopefully, uh, I, don't, I don't want it to be the last time I saw her, but it, it, it may be. But, uh, and I'm not, not much one for praying, but the prayer's kind of going to go like, Hey, dear God, since I know you exist because there's been too much BS happening to make it statistical, a, a, a fluke. Since you do exist and you hate my guts, could you maybe have a little bit of uh, compassion for my buddy here that I didn't do nothing? Anyway. Uh, but sure enough, there's a line there over at Sebastian Joe's. After I went over at Lee's, let go to Sebastian Joe's. There's the sheeple. There's the Minnesota sheep. Waiting 35, 40 minutes. Line going almost all the way out the door. These idiot, and you can see it in their face. You can see it in their face. Not just not. It's not like they're they're doped up or drugged. They just they don't have that glimmer, that sparkle. Not to be lame or gay, but that eye of the tiger. Like you can see that that there's more than one cog and it's spinning. If that doesn't happen with these people in that line. You you look at a guy like you ever meet me. You, you I hate. I don't want to say. Oh, if you look into my eyes, you no. You'll see that. I, I believe humans can kind of tell something about somebody's personality by looking not necessarily at their eyes but behavior and kind of their eyes you're going to see fire in my eyes because I am always hustling, shaking, moving, thinking always, always there's always something going on the brain cannot sit still these people they don't have it you look at their eyes and they're talking <laughs> did you try the cake? oh my goodness the cake was so good at that party 
oh my god, Trump is such a racist. I know. But you look at him, it's like not a lot going on there. Oh, you you got a cog or two spinning. Maybe a cog or two, but certainly more, no more than two. And they're not spinning all that fast. And not all, all two of them are spinning. And those are the people that line up to get ice cream. Or, or, or you can line up to get ice cream, you know, if it's two or three people deep. But if you got nothing else going on in your life, that you're going to go and you're going to wait 45 minutes on a weekend, on your free time, on a Friday night. Let's just sit here and talk. Oh my goodness, the line's so long. I can't believe it. It must be really good ice cream. What kind of ice cream are you going to get, Tina? I don't know. It's great they let us try it first. Oh my goodness, look. Nicollet Avenue Pothole. It has chocolate in it. Either, I, I'm seriously, if you had, a, if that was, if that was the world, if there wasn't smart people, I'd either kill them or kill myself. But I am not. I'm not. No, that is hell. Those people is what makes Earth hell. <laughs> oh. So yeah, guys, it's the context. It's uh, look right now. I'm driving. I'm looking at this. I'm owned by Craig or Meeker or Rifle. One of these. No, Craig and Meeker are way off the highway. I think it's Rifle I'm by. I'm on the interstate, I-70. It's just, it's just beautiful. I'm just, there's, there's a, everywhere you turn, it's a picture. I'm looking at this cliff right now. goes into the canyon. Colorado River's right over here. And there's, there's, there's a little wisp of clouds. Maybe a thousand feet up. And they only form because this cliff is here. It gets its own little micro-environment. Do you see that out in New York? No. Oh, yeah, but the deep, deep dish pizza in New York is... You don't get the culture like ah oh, shut up. A good Philadelphia agent in the field, Paul. I don't want to mention his last name. He came out. He did the thing. He did the trip. And I feel like I failed him. I kind of feel bad because uh, he said, "Okay, where do I go?" I say, "Okay, here are the things you got to hit." And I'm thinking, like, okay, he's on his initial reconnaissance mission. You got to find out what's out there. It takes at least at least a year to figure out where the things are that you want to go. So I thought he just wanted to see stuff. No, he wanted hardcore hiking, and I felt bad because I kind of failed him in that regard. Although there was some correlation. Like, you know, the Grand Canyon, you, that's something you got to see, but it's amazing hiking as well. And then he saw arches. He's like, what am I supposed to do with arches? I'm like, well, I just thought it's something you got to see. You're not going to see that anywhere else in the world. Well, it's all flat. I can't hike it. You know, it's pretty boring. I want to be tested to my limit. I'm like, if you want to, Paul, if you want to be tested to your limits, oh, do I have some ideas for you? <laughs> and you're a flatlander. You're right. It's, yeah, Philadelphia is like more or less on the coast, right? Do you like oxygen deprivation? Have I got some hikes for you? <laughs> oh, but I wasted 20 years of my life. Uh, 20 years of my life I wasted. 20 years. Could have hiked when I was younger. The, the amount of... How much better shape I would have been in if this had been my playground. Instead of Minnesota. Ah, uh, yes. Well, they they come out with those uh, those uh, surveys, you know, about which state is in uh, best shape, and Minnesota's always up there. I don't believe it for one second. I'm not to say that Minnesotans aren't in shape. There's a lot of people that're running, they're working out, but it's all on flat land. It's boring. It's all in a gym. But you know who beats us all the time? Coloradians or Coloradans, Coloradoites, the sexy people here who have like you know. No oxygen, and they become like superhumans, 
someday they'll evolve into their own race, their own, uh, well, not race, own uh, species. What is it? How do you develop? Yeah, species, race. We're all the same race. They'll, they'll, they will. They'll become like these superhumans because they're always climbing up mountains. And you don't notice it out here. You don't notice it. When you when you work out, like I said before, I, I didn't I didn't come out here like to say, oh, I'm going to work out. I've already lost four pounds in three days. And didn't feel like working out. I hate the gym. Forget I go to the gym every day by Bill Burr. You don't go to the gym in Colorado and say, I'm going outside to play. It's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy it. And all of a sudden, I'm going to naturally look sexy. Look, for all you fat chicks that want to lose weight, but you don't have the discipline and you don't have the work ethic, and let's just admit it, you're lazy, and that's predominantly why you're fat, and there's a high correlation between low income, unemployment, welfare collecting, and just loserish lifestyles and obesity. Uh, it's because you're lazy. Okay, let's just say it. You're lazy. Come to Colorado. Go to Vegas. Go to Washington. Go to a place where there's mountains and, and outdoor beauty, and then just start walking around and hiking, and you'll you'll get sexy. You'll get beautiful. But I know that's not why you'd lose weight. You didn't want to be... You'd, I'm not doing it for a man! I'm doing it for myself! Which is kind of sad and pathetic, like and selfish, like you're doing it for yourself. What you should do, you should have self-respect. I understand that. But why do you do things for yourself? The only thing that really matters is other people. If I'm going to do things, I mean, really, if you're going to do things purely for yourself, well, then you'd pig out. You'd only, you know, if, if no one was a concern to you, if what people thought or, or cared about or interacted or loved or was, were friends with you, had friendship with you, if you were doing it for yourself, you wouldn't care what these people would do. So in being obese or being a drug addict or being an alcoholic, that is the definition of doing it for yourself. Why would you try and be in shape? Why would you care? The only thing that you would do doing it for yourself is to keep yourself alive longer, which I would understand. But but you already lost that ground at that argument by being fat and ugly and obese in the first place. So this isn't for your health unless you're like, oh my God, I had a health scare. You know, truly, if you're doing it for yourself, you'd be a drug addict, you jerk off or in the landscape, run, rub one out every day, uh, you'd eat whatever you wanted, uh, you do the bare minimum of uh, hygiene, unless you left the house, then you go ahead and you clean up, you'd barely pick up the place, you wouldn't, you'd be on welfare, you wouldn't produce things of value that people wanted in society, you wouldn't go out on dating profiles, you wouldn't see all these fat chicks on the OkCupid and, and the, not the Twitter, what's the one, OkCupid, and the plenty of fish. The plenty of fish. Well, and the and the Tinder. That was the other thing. The Tinder. I remember the Tinder. Davis Arini says, "Oh, you gotta you gotta get this Tinder thing." I'm like, "What?" No, well, if Davis Arini recommends it, okay, he's he's hip. He's a younger guy. He knows about this. Uh, he knows about this internet stuff. And I gotta stay on top of the YouTubes and the Twitter. And I'm like, dude, this is like hotornot.com. What what am I just like? And I'm like, oh, this is a dating app. I was like, why are there so many fat chicks? <laughs> but you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for yourself. Oh, all right. Maybe we should do some sponsors, huh? I got to do some sponsors. I got to pee is what I got to do. Rifle's coming up here. Maybe I pause this. So that's the thing. Then I go hide the laptop. 
and all the recording equipment so nobody steals it or breaks into this fine Prius. Steals my gear. What is going on now? God damn it. Trying to record. I bought a... I bought a Surface Pro 4 or 3 used from my buddy. He didn't like it. And it works great. But it's got the world's touchiest keyboard. And then it flashes out. Like, I I lost about 10 minutes of recording back there a bit. Because uh, with a bump of the car, the cursor was on the pause button. And that was enough to make it pause. So I lost 10 minutes of recording there. And now it's flashing the screen, but it still looks like it's recording. Again, nerds. Just nerds. Alright, well, let's do, the, let's do the sponsors real quick here so I can remember that. And then uh, then I'll stop and take a piss. Um, I apologize if I don't remember. I do remember, because I felt shame. EasyModeBlogging.com. Uh, Peter, he's like, hey, you didn't have me on the past two uh, podcasts. And I'm like, oh, crap, that's right. Because I didn't, you know, like an idiot, I didn't add it to the sponsor list. EasyModeBlogging.com. If you want to become a blogger, please uh, go here. Very cheap. It's like $4 a month. He said, well, why would I could set up a blog myself? Yeah, but you have to go through a service like Google's Blogger or WordPress, and then you got to agree to the community guidelines. And then you'll put in a bunch of work, and then you're in the position I'm in where you have like pretty much your life's work on the blog, and then you got to back it up in physical format, which is fine. I make some money on, you know, Captain Capitalism Reserved and Captain Capitalism Top Shelf. Uh, but he, he says, skip that. Look, we'll go and get you, you your own URL. And even though you may not know how to program, you know, Squarespace or WordPress setup or site, they will set it up for you. They'll program your blogging platform so it's, it's user-friendly. You don't have to do any of that back-end stuff. And you could go ahead and become a world-famous blogger like me. I mean, and everybody wants to become me, obviously. So, <laughs> so go and... Uh, Go contact Peter. Go to easymoblogging.com or go to my site, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Click, click on that link. You'll see the, the ad below. And I think it's a, a tracked URL, so he'll know that you came from me. Uh, so um, then, I'll, But otherwise, just let him know that the captain sent you, so we have that there. Uh, all the books, you have all my books, Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, Curse of the High IQ, Reconnaissance Man, what else? Uh, worthless. All these books are great. Most of the, all of them are available in paperback and Kindle, and an increasing amount of them are available in audiobooks. So if you don't like reading, which I completely understand, um, go to. Uh, we got Worthless. We have Batch of Pad Economics. Just yesterday, uh, Curse of the High IQ uh, made it. It was approved at Audible, so you could go to Audible.com and go ahead and get the uh, the books there. Oh, she's cute. Where the hell was she this entire time? Oh, she got tattoos on that side. She looked good on one side, but then she had tattoos on the other side. And then Clary said, eh, no. Um, so all those books, uh, we have school coming up. A lot of those books are good for men and women. So Bachelor Pad Economics, worthless. But please, especially per our previous conversation, get reconnaissance man that that is a must i know i know you guys are like well what is it how is it different just trust me it's different all right it is and it's going to give you a lot of wisdom and help actually it's based on the fact that i had a lot of questions from young people coming in who are already in college and the problem that they faced is that their uh, parents are going to kick them out because they said look i don't know what i want to major in 
this is dumb for me to continue on in college if I don't know what I want to study. And their parents are literally threatened to cut them off funding-wise. Um, who else do we have as sponsors? We got uh, Frank Servi's book, Uncle Nick, uh, basically the red pill bad Santa of a young man on in his 30s doing what he wants, saying what he wants over in California, <clears throat> telling people to F off and die. Oh, what are the other ones? Come on, Clary. What? Uh, I'm trying to visually remember my blog. What do we have? <laughs> it all goes away. When it's there, it's simple. Uh, the Amazon affiliate program, if you guys would be kind enough to go ahead and do all your online purchases. If you do make any online purchases, if a couple of you please could, tell me when you make one and what it is. Uh, I think I, I got the workaround, as you know, um, with the new browser technology. Um, they are making it so that you have automatic ad blocker and they that that squashes out the Amazon affiliate program. So I think I did a program workaround. Please click on my link at my blog. That's the only way you can really do it. You can't just go to Amazon and say, "Whoa, is there a sign out with Cappy? Is there is there No, you have to go to my blog first, click on the banner, you'll see the Amazon banner top right. And do some buying or purchasing. Purchase something, let me know if you purchased it through that banner and then I'll know that will test it. And we'll see if that um, if that uh, that works. Also, if you have any questions that are specific to you in nature, or you just want to be private, or you think it might help out somebody else, you just have a question you want me to consult, you can go to your elderly internet brother that you never had at assholeconsulting.com. <clears throat> go there if you have a question and you have money. It is not a free service, as should be apparently, clearly, blatantly, brightly, blindingly obvious with the name Asshole Consulting. So send your questions there and your money and tell friends because Lord knows you know somebody that definitely needs an asshole and a swift kick in their ass in life. We did Frank Servi. Come on, Clary, what else is up there? Academiccomposition.com. Go there if you're going to need some uh, papers written for you in college coming up this academic year. Also, if you're looking for a job, you're good at writing BS. Go to Academic Composition. Alex is always looking to hire. He also is looking for marketers. Who are, both are very boring jobs, the marketing and the writing. But if you're desperate and you want to work from home, it doesn't get much easier than this, guys. And guys, I would gladly take that job over what I had to do in college, which is patrol and walk around 10 to 12 miles a day in snow and cold. All right. So there's a lot, lot easier jobs, and this is one of those opportunities where the interwebs allows you to avoid and abandon and basically give the proverbial finger to Gen X and baby boomer bosses. Um, all the other guys' books, Davis Rini's book, Silvio Canto's book, Marty Andrade's books, just go to catthecapitalism.blogspot.com, look at all the books that are advertised there. And also, if you would be kind enough, <clears throat> go to the podcast roll and click on all the other people's podcasts, like Adam Piggott, who also has a book, by the way. You can find him at Pushing Rubber Downhill. Uh, who else do we have on the podcast? Uh, Small Scale Life with The Man. Um, the Beckloff, Geek Out with The Beckloff. Who else? I got a bunch of podcasts that are up there that I listen to. But yeah, just go up there and take a look and listen to those podcasts. Um, do I have? I'm sure I have a lot of other bloggers. I'm sure I do. There's Betterment if you're looking for investing. I know there was... Oh! Oh! Seth Himes. Um, 
InDemandCareers.com. Go there, start looking at careers you don't need a college degree for. That's the that's one. And the other one, um, oh, come on, Clary. You use them in some... Max, Max over at Ultimate Reading List. That is Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. Okay, that's a great place to buy books that are uh, appealing to conservative and libertarian-minded people. But also, if you have a book you'd like to advertise and it doesn't suck, not your fucking typical dip uh, crap millennial, yeah, man, like I'm 23 and I had some experiences with girls and I want to talk about it. Like, look, your experience is not that interesting. It is very common and it is boring. Do not send your your crappy 50-page pamphlet uh, uh, to to him. He does. He doesn't want it. It's got to be uh, better than that. It has to be some people of an adult nature want to read. Okay. Terribly sorry. And like you know, and then I went to this party, and like this girl, she she talked to me and like was making out with me in the closet, and then the next day she like didn't even call me back, and like you know I thought about it like. Well, that was like totally hypocr- hypocritical, man, and, and, and it had some effects on me. And then I learned girls are all like into hypergamy, and that's why I was like, dude, I totally was red pilled, and I went MGTOW. If that's your MGTOW story, <laughs> if that's your, your uh, not adventure, your epic, your saga, your, your trials and tribulations on how you became MGTOW, yeah, don't, don't, one, don't send me your book. And don't send Max uh, uh, your book either. But if you do contact him, either to advertise on his site or to submit a book, let him know the old captain sent you. And that, that's basically all I can remember. So that'll be, that'll be the entire sponsor list today. So let's, uh, we're going to go into the world of homeschooling. I know I have a fair amount of people. Uh, we know, of course, of course Jen Logan. Uh, she's in on that, uh, that band. And uh, we have... Uh, a nice Mormon couple out in Utah. They they do homeschooling. I know a lot of you do the homeschooling because you actually love your kids. You don't hate them. You know the public schools is child abuse. You know it is a mental prison, and you know <laughs> the proof, the statistical empirical proof is that the kids who are homeschooled are just like light years ahead of of the of the sheep that go to K through 12 because we have to play to the lowest common denominator. Not to mention once again, teachers are the lowest IQ majors. And all of the college education, although I guess there's a couple other. I wonder what the average IQ of your average American, African American, or Chicano, any of the hyphenated American studies degrees are. I would love to see that. That'd be something great. But let, let's talk about Reeboks and rolled up jeans. The uh, the place I was staying at, they uh, they were having their house painted. So there's this gal, she's doing the painting. She's about my age. I'm kind of looking. I'm like, yeah, you, you're past the wall. You are past the wall. We are at the point in time where I continue to go up in value, and you are at best stagnating, soon about to go down. And at one time, she was very pretty, I'm sure. So she's painting because that's that's the goal, ladies. Remember, when you major in the liberal arts, you too can be a painter when you're 40. <laughs> Not to slam on painters. You guys know I used to paint. I know. I used to wash windows like a good buddy, Atham. Atham, stop what you're doing and look up Colorado. Look up the town called Nucla, Colorado. N-U-C-L-A. Nucla. Was there yesterday. Anyway. So just chit-chatting with the gal. And I was, we were talking. I was talking about how I had to work security uh, for a facility 
that was going to be affected by the Metallica concert. And since we were roughly the same age, she's like, oh yeah, I remember the, the, uh, the Metallica jean jackets. And I saw them because when the Metallica people got out of the, uh, out of the concert, sure enough, these people held on to their stupid jean jackets with the black marker and the Iron Maiden and the ACDC and the Metallica patch right across the back of the shoulders. And, uh, they, they did not have their vests buttoned up. I don't think they really fit in them anymore. <laughs> And I don't even know why I was there for security, because if they go on Metallica, the loud... Yeah, this was back in the 80s when they were ruffians. Now they're all like 40-somethings, 50-somethings, and... Oh, yeah, whoo, Metallica, oh, it's 9.30, I'm going to bed. (laughs) It's great seeing Gen X get old. That was basically what I learned from working security that night, is that Gen X is getting old. They're, they're, They're done and over with. I remember the 90s, just like the millennials, every every news media outlet was writing about Gen X this, Gen X that. Uh, and we were we were douchey, but not as douchey as the uh, millennials. So uh, it, it was happening back then. So we, we were, don't worry, we were in the limelight. Our time in the limelight is over. Now it is on to the millennials. But, uh, yeah, it was just funny seeing. And sure enough, you know, the, the gals had, um, was it whitewash? Not whitewash. I saw the acid wash. I mean, I'm not joking guys, they broke out these clothes. They must have gone on a on a scavenge hunt or had to find it on the internet to find like these acid wash jeans. It was like, wow, you're just like you were in the ninth grade except you're fat, you're gray, you're bald, and you're ugly. Feathered bangs! I saw the feathered bangs! I mean, it, you couldn't make it up, guys. It was like they wanted to relive 1987 all over again. So me and the painter were talking about this it's like, oh yeah, I used to, I used to roll up my jeans and I have my Reebok high tops with um, saggy socks. I guess she said I didn't know. I should, should, this is what the girls wore. And I'm like, yeah, I remember. You get the shit kicked out of you if you didn't have high top Nikes and roll up your jeans because you know Gen X was just so intelligent. And I absolutely am not harboring any ill will to the stupidity of Gen X. I mean, I mean, they were just so cool back then. I mean, you had to wear Cavarishi jeans. Otherwise, you weren't cool. And some would pick fights with you. I can't wait. I can't wait. I don't know how I'm going to get my revenge on Gen X, but I, I will. Maybe I already am. Kind of in, a, in an unintentional way through the Facebook and the, you know, the postings. People are like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, Clary's doing well. Oh, what are we? Oh, we're going to a Metallica concert with our feathered hair, and we got to get a babysitter for our two separate bastard children from two different parents. <laughs> Maybe that's the revenge. Maybe I don't have to lift a finger. Their fate is that of the baby boomers. Anyway, so I'm, we're talking about this, and I'm, I'm going back, and I'm, li- I'm I'm quickly cycling through my brain. Like, yeah, all that stuff is done, and you laugh at it now. You look at how stupid it was to have the the acid washed, and then you have to have the rolled up jeans. Today's it's the 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 namaste. The what is it? It's a yoga. It was originally like a, a yoga pants workout, and now this is a big thing in in the schools because the girls have to have this um, this particular brand of yoga pants, and they come in at like a hundred dollars. All the milfs and the soccer moms wear them. It's like super rich elite. And uh, so now the kids got to wear it. It's, it's like two little curvy signals. Or signs. So and I'm like thinking, okay, that's dumb. It's just like Cavaricci. That's dumb. And I think about 
everything in high school, everything, you know, elementary, you're still a little kid, you're still a little bit innocent, there really isn't the, the fashion, but everything that was so important from basically middle school on to high school was dumb. The only thing that really mattered in middle school and high school were your STEM classes, was science, chemistry, um, today maybe it's programming or computers, I don't know what they got in the schools now, About the, but the, the only thing, the only thing of lifetime value that came out of the middle school through high school education was practical skills that would have helped you in the long run, and all that BS all the fashion, all that everything that had value placed on it, everything that that value or status or popularity or success with the opposite sex or just social life, everything that determined everything else was fleeting and BS. It has no value today and if anything, it harms people today where you still think you got to have like designer jeans and designer clothes and now you, you, you place value on things instead of other human beings, love, friendship, loyalty, honor, stuff like that. <laughs> That's why you have your 38-year-old soccer moms wearing these, what the heck are the name of those yoga pants? They're like two kind of weird-looking S's. And I had to start looking at because I don't know the difference between yoga pants. I just look at chicks' asses in them. And even then, I don't really see a lot of chicks in yoga pants. Actually, I see yoga pants I'm like, uh, no, uh, no not going to happen. Anyway. So from the time I was talking to the painter in the living room to the time I walked the 10 yards to my room to grab my stuff and start packing, it dawned on me, holy cow. This is this is the the best argument, the best case for homeschooling that has come out in a decade. And I guarantee I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. In that Three seconds of time, ladies and gentlemen, especially for you homeschoolers. This is the you're going to want to write this down, sear it into your brain because it is that important. It's the biggest argument for homeschooling in, in recent times. Because what's the argument that the anti-homeschoolers always throw in your face about the drawbacks of homeschooling? And because you got them beat on academics, you got them beat on the kids able to to, you know, do math, do science. Heck, the genetic experiment gone right, Leaf, I look at him, I mean, uh, this young kid, and I've mentioned him before, uh, Leaf is just this, if you want a kid to be, you you hope and pray your kid either comes out like Ed Lattimore or Leaf. I'm not going to mention Leaf's last name because he, he doesn't wish, but uh, not going into the details, but the kid is homeschooled, military engineer, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm crap. This kid's half my age, and I'm crap compared to this kid. I'm like, God, but he had the right upbringing. He was homeschooled. They drove him the right way. So they don't have, the anti-homeschoolers don't have an argument about academics and performance and success. So they go, because it's a religion to them, and they don't care about success. They care about adhering to their religion and their feels. They go to the socializing argument. Well, your kids just aren't socialized properly. They're not they're not adapted to society. They don't know how to interact with the rest of society, which is BS because if you've met homeschooled people, they're actually cooler than the public school people. They're they're much nicer, they're more intelligent, they're more fun to hang out with, they're more intellectually stimulating. I've never seen uh, uh, homeschooled kids being 
maladapted to society. But when you look at it as, okay, if this socializing or socialization aspect of homeschooling is so important that it warrants getting an inferior education and throwing away your life earnings potential and achieving only a fraction of what you can achieve. If that's that important, then why the hell aren't Reeboks and High Tops and Kavarishi jeans still a thing? Why is it 10 years from now these yoga pants, whatever the heck they're called, they're not going to be a thing? Why is it when I, why you don't have, what percentage of your high school friends do you still have, huh? What percentage of them were successful? I mean, looking at the long term, okay, I've been out of college or high school 20 years, 20 and change. And if Facebook, a surveying or a sampling is, is any kind of indication of the success of what the benefits of socializing and going to the public schools is, it's, it's a joke. One, you don't have your friends anymore. Maybe you have Facebook friends of that with the, some of the cooler kids back in the day. But I'm, you're not in that environment anymore. You're not, you're not wearing Reebok high tops and rolling up your shoes with the, with the saggy socks. No one's, no one's calling you out on a playground fight because you could only afford Walmart Velcro shoes and not the Air Jordan Nike high tops. Every aspect of socializing, social hierarchy, status, the, the uh, I don't want to say the economic, but the value system that was derived in the public schools that was all based on fleeting and, and false gods, if you were to call it that, it's gone. It's gone. There is no... so. In other words, there is no long-term socializing value to the public schools. There is none. Because in the end, in the long run, you don't hang out with these people anymore. You don't care about these people. And all the things that were good and that, were, that, that the rules of socializing, the values of socializing, didn't come from... Honor, trustworthiness, honesty, friendship, love, selflessness, altruism. It all came if you had a pair of effing Air Jordans. If, if, you, if you had, you had to have Levi's. You had to have Levi's. That was the minimum. If you didn't have Levi's, well, oh boy, then you'd get the crap. If you had anything non-brand, if you went to Walmart, my parents thought Walmart was the greatest thing. We could get these clothes even cheaper. Now we could get, of course, we had hand-me-downs. <laughs> remember having my Uncle Jeff's hand-me-downs from the 70s. You want to talk about, I should have learned how to fight earlier. Here I am with 70s clothing in 1980s. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Oh, but Walmart, see, we get these Velcro shoes are just like the other ones. <laughs> but where's, where's the long-term value? Show me the long-term value. Show me one thing that was held over from the 80s that lasted 20 years. That, that you got socializing in the public schools that you didn't get while being homeschooled. And it was just it was just hilarious. I put the two to two together. I saw the Metallica, the, the jean jackets, the stupidity. Then they are wearing it still there, which I can understand. Okay, that's kind of cool. You got your old Metallica jean jacket. That's kind of neat. I, okay, I, I tip my hat to that. <laughs> but when's the next time you're going to wear it, huh? 
It was mockery. If anything, going to that Metallica concert was mocking how stupid and dumb you were back in the days. Feathering your hair. This one guy, oh man, she went all out. She had the leather boots, the leather skirt, feathered the hair. It looked like a Rod Stewart. No. Who's the guy that had Simply Irresistible? She's so fine, there's no telling with a Rod Paul, Ron, Ron Palmer, Rod Palmer, Bob Palmer. All the gals dressed up that way in the 80s. She's so fine. Yeah, whatever the song was. Rod Palmer, was that it? Ah, it doesn't matter. But look, for those of you who are homeschooling, seriously, get this, get, look, it's soundbite deba- debates with these leftists. That's all it is. It's soundbite sound debates. When they come in and they say, well, you're not properly socialized. Like, okay, how many of your high school buddies do you still hang out with? Huh? Well, if it's properly socialized, you must have made, you know, uh, how are you functioning in the real world? Oh, you divorced like everybody else? Or oh, the public school kids? I mean, heck, there's another thing you could go to. Look and find out how many of the uh, public school people are divorced now in their 30s and 40s. Gen X is a perfect case study. Perfect case study. Take a look at the Gen Xers that are divorced and homeschooled. Those two variables right there. How many of you, your big night out, is going to go to the Metallica concert and relive your youth? Which is still kind of cool. I'll grant you that. But how many of you had to go and get a babysitter for your rat bastard children that are illegitimate or born out of wedlock or doesn't have a father around, doesn't have a nuclear family? Anyway, just a little torpedo there for you guys. But man, did I love that. Just, Just the pure... Empirical proof, the, the, the utter failure, the utter, utter lack. It's a fad. It was just a fad. That's all the socializing was, was fads based on false gods. Brand names. That's what socializing was based on. That's what, oh, the virtues of socializing in the public. Brand names. Uh, did Oh, that was another thing. The concerts. Oh, did you go to the Vanilla Ice concert? Oh, you didn't? Well, that's just da da da. And I remember mentioning this before. I don't know if it's the same way now, but ski lift tickets. That was that was another big deal. Like if you, because uh, there's not a lot of skiing over in Wisconsin. There's some hills, so skiing is kind of like you got to really want to ski and you got to have a fair amount of money. So these faggots, these these pussies, to show how rich and hoity-toity they get their Columbia jackets. Remember when Columbia jackets were coming out? And they, you get they they they'd. Uh, store up all their ski lift tickets. So by the time winter was ending, they had about 30 ski lift tickets all hinging from different uh, different zippers because you get you get a, a hairpin and you, you pin it and you hang it from like a zipper handle or, you know, the little hole that's in the zipper, you, you, you hook it through that. So after they'd hook about five or six in there, that's all they could manage to get in there. Uh, then they go to another zipper and then they do the one right there and they're like, look at me, I went to, what was it, Trollhagen? No, that was Amory. Little Switzerland, that's what it was. That was the one on the north side of Milwaukee. Up by Hubertus or something. Well, we went to Little Switzerland. And then during the summertime, they'd switch out their Columbia jackets. And then they would go and uh, then they, then, they would, then you'd show off which concerts you went to. Millie Vanilli, Vanilla Ice. Oh, you want to talk about fake. You want to talk about fake and building your castles on sand. That, that's it right there. There's your social. Hey, is that the fertile soil you want to go ahead and, and uh, sow your seeds into? Go right ahead. But don't you dare go up to these homeschoolers and tell them that somehow you guys got it down for socializing. 
that somehow you got a superior experience and a more rewarding experience in your social life than that hypocritical, fake, styrofoam BS. Oh, the Amadi, I mean, I'm just hearkening back now to those days. Lord knows what it was in the 90s and the and the, the aughts and today. I think today, the I mean, you still have the uh, those yoga jeans. I know the yoga jeans or whatever, though, are not jeans, those yoga pants. I know that that's kind of the, the exact same BS, just a different emblem, just a different logo. But I think starting after I got out of high school, especially when grunge started taking over, it was who could be more emo. Who, and now it's like, who could be more disadvantaged? Who can be most furthest removed from white male straightness? <laughs> who could be the most victimized? Who has the most fake, made-up, uh, DDHD, uh, Asperger's, uh, uh, bipolar, uh, depression uh, disease? Good Lord, 40 miles an hour? So that's where that, that, that social... I mean, oh yeah, and imagine today. Imagine today socializing in middle school and high school. <clears throat> oh, all of you just self-flagellating themselves to be the biggest victim. I mean, you think it was psycho that uh, you didn't have high-top shoes and, and the Cavarici pants. Or the Izod. That was the other thing. The Izod. You think that was crazy? You think that was laughable? You think that was BS? Just imagine. The, I mean, that was at least status. At least that was a, a physical thing you could buy. It, it didn't address your psychology. You were still like, yeah, you hang out with the nerds because the nerds are cool. The jocks work out. They, you know, they have a work ethic and a discipline. And then the heavy metal skateboarder dope heads were just the biggest losers ever. They're fun to look up on Facebook. <laughs> they were cool enough to get laid, but not smart enough to wrap it up. And now they all got illegitimate children. It's great. But now, it's not so much brands. Or do you have this type of jean or that type of shirt or these type of shoes? Uh, a matter of fact, it's like you don't have any of that. But then the psychological torture, this uh, this uh, twisted, sick game, uh, this, this uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to, I want to curse, I want to say mind F, but that's not what the, the non-cursing version is. It, it doesn't matter, the, the amount of mental damage that these kids are doing to themselves today, with the, I got the ADHD, oh no, I'm more, I mean, the, the race the arms race, this this rapidly scaling arms race, to one be the worst, the be, the biggest victim, and then also virtue signal. Oh my God! And you see the results. I mean, you don't have to wait twenty years for your twenty year reunion to see the results of who who won and who lost. Who has the better socializing system? Just look at these millennial dip bleep kids coming out of high school and going right into college. If you want proof that the public schools poorly socialized, especially today, is the, the socializing that goes on there is harmful. That you absolutely not only want, A, don't want the education of the public schools, and two, you definitely do not want the socializing. Just look at the millennial kids going to college. Look at the entering class of 2016 for college. Look at my, what was it, Concordia College over in St. Paul, Minnesota, not to get local. You know, but look it up. There was a gal... Concordia. This is a private school. This is this is a Christian school. She was head of their diversity department, which you shouldn't have. That's a way to tell whether or not you should go to a school. If it has a diversity department, then you don't want to go there. 
you, you want excellence, minority or not. If you are a student and you're going for education, you want your resources spent on education, not make-up work fluffy bunny puppy cock st- uh, uh, employment divisions like the, you know, diversity. You, know, you, you want your tuition as low as possible, right? So you don't want to have these unnecessary departments with people paid six-figured salaries uh, driving up your cost of tuition. Anyway, so this gal, uh, she wanted to uh, get, she was going to have some kind of like, not mandatory, but she really wanted uh, all students, but especially minorities, to show up to this thing. Because they're probably going to give the speech about uh, diversity and we're welcoming, because you didn't know that yet. You know, it's the current year. And if you didn't know this yet, minority students, you are encouraged to attend college. I don't know if you knew that with the cacophony, the nonstop blaring, louder than Metallica music over at the new uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, louder than that and longer than that. If you didn't pick it up in the past 18 years of your life, uh, the colleges would really like you to attend college. They would. Re- they want to let you know that you're welcome, especially if you're not white. So I didn't know if you knew that or not. You minorities that have your heads out of your asses, you have got to be so sick and tired of being placated and kissed up to by this. I, it's got to drive you nuts. What, so, why don't you send me an email? Just tell me what it's like where you, you're, you're, you're one of us. You're a Westerner. You're on the right side. You, you, you're there to make money. You're there to hustle. You want a good life. And simply because of the color of your skin, you can't go, you can't walk three feet without some academia sucking your dick or licking your vag because, oh my God, did you know that we like diversity? That we don't, please, how can we help you more? How can we help? I mean, that's got to get annoying, having all these people suck up to you. Atham was telling me he was sitting in one of his classes and uh, it was one of these BS um, liberal arts classes he had to take and he's a chemical engineering major. He doesn't need this crap. And the gal was talking about uh, something about race and then whites and what it was like to be oppressed as a minority. And she picked on Atham. I'm like, oh, you picked on the wrong Mexican. <laughs> you picked the wrong brown guy. <laughs> and Atham says, you know what? He just, he, just, he just gave her right there, both barrels, blam, blam. And he says, you know what? I'm sick and tired of you picking on white people and thinking it has to be color or race all the time. I'm here to make money. <laughs> and, and then, like, the, the, I think the class clapped and, and applauded. And then that, the teacher with typical freaking broad, 25-year-old uh, TA, worthless, uh, she's like, well, you know, that's how paper thin these leftist race wars are, guys. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's what you guys got to do. Oh, here we... Okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. Okay, all right. For all the minority lieutenants, agents in the fields, aspiring junior deputy uh, economists, or for all you minority guys out there, and gals, you, you, you all, there's, there's got to be at least 100 of you that are stuck in some BS liberal arts class where they're invariably going to talk about race. And what you got to... Bring your, bring your phone in and film it. It, it, like I don't know if you have to have to constantly film it, but have your phone at the ready. And then when the teacher comes in and starts talking about race, you start recording and then pray that they ask you a question. And they say, yeah, yeah I'm sick and tired of you guys treating white people like shit. It's actually kind of racist. <laughs> or your girl's going in, yeah, you know what? I, I, uh, I want to have children and uh, I kinda, I'm kind of sick of the, 
the gay faggoty men that you're bringing up. I like masculine men, and I'm sick and tired of people like you forcing us to take these worthless. Oh, just film that, dude! All you here, here, all you would have to do is film that, monetize your, set up a YouTube account, monetize it, and you'll make more money than I do in ten years. Because that chat, that shit would go viral. Uh, that stuff would go viral. <laughs> uh, if and if you don't want to set up a YouTube account, send it to me, guys. I'll take it. That'd be great. So the men they came in, they were they have white privilege. Da, da, da. Just raise your hand, yo, you're a span, Hispanic guy. Yeah, are we gonna stop talking about white privilege and get to something practical and useful? Because uh, you know what, uh, the whites haven't done anything to me. And uh, I, yeah, are we gonna talk about race all day, or can I get on with my my accounting degree? Or is this just gonna be let's blame whitey some more? Oh God, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, are we just going to blame white males in this class for the rest of the class? Because if that's the case, you know, can I just go and you give me my B minus and I'll just write on the paper, yeah, I hate white people. Can I do that? Can I, can I just say, can I sign like a, a, a declaration or a confession that I hate white people and white males and then I can just get on with it? Because that's basically what you're going for. But otherwise, if that's all this class is, is how to hate white males, how to hate Western civilization, how to hate capitalists... Uh, and, and in the meantime, unconsciously shoot my minority ass in the foot uh, because I've just killed the economy by voting in socialism under the guise of, of fighting uh, evil white male oppression. If that's it, can I can I go now? Can I get out of here? Because and, uh, here's and then here's what you could do. Say because I'm recording this, and I'm going to put this up on YouTube. So you're either going to give me an A. Matter of fact, you should give everybody an A here, or this goes up right on YouTube because we're sick and tired of this freaking BS. You can curse, though. I I cannot curse because this is the Curse Free Podcast. Oh, man. You guys would... Anyway, getting back to this Concordia thing. So here's your diversity council. And you, you want to see the left turn on each other. So uh, she's welcoming the class of 2016. She wants... It's, I don't want to say it's a pep rally, but it's some kind of meeting. I'm sure it'd be, we're pro-minority and then we don't tolerate discrimination. Blah, blah, blah. So in an effort to make sure as many minority people would show up, she says, uh, minorities are expected to attend. I think those are the exact words. Well, that resulted in a huge kerfuffle where a bunch of minorities were like throwing temper tantrums on social media, threatening they're not going to cancel their attendance at Concordia College, blah, blah, blah. And admittedly, the, the, the letter was worded somewhat poorly. I don't want to say poorly, but somewhat poorly. You could see where it, it kind of maybe had a commanding tone. But if you if you were at all intellectually honest, if you were a true adult, a true, sane, mature, responsible adult, you would have recognized that it was... She just really wanted you to show up. It wasn't mandatory, but she really wanted minorities to show up. And if if you're not a professional victim whore, you would have looked over and said, oh yeah, that you know, like one of your buddies says something off-color. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I run risky conversations, and sometimes I'm like, you know, I got my more minority buddies with me. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe that truly was racist. And I go, you know, up to my, you know, hey, Mike, what, what, did, were you a face? Like, nah, nah, and that's the good thing about hanging out with mature, responsible adults. You know, deep down inside, they don't mean any ill will, and they, they like you. That's why they're picking. It may be a poor joke here or there. Maybe he chose the wrong word, but they're not racist. They don't hate you. 
So it's the same thing here. The gal works in the diversity center for crying out loud. What more of a anti-racist or anti-sexist credential do you need than that? Oh no, it doesn't matter. You want to know why? Because these millennials are so warped in their socializing, they're superior, you need to be socialized correctly in your peer group. They're so warped that they are professionally trained to be the victim immediately. They're trained like a, like a heat-seeking missile to seek out and find a way to be a victim and bitch and whine and be the victim. To be, to be the victim whore. And they don't care. And that's the sum that left this. I mean, it was kind of cute maybe last year, maybe eight months ago. Even the, the old school, I loved it when the baby boomer and Gen X media and the mainstream started finding out, hey, you know, these people are, you, you're, you're taking this liberal thing too far. You're not always a victim. Patton Oswald, what was it, Wolf Blitzer, all these leftists saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, you, can, you can't, you can't. It's like, where did you think this was going to go? You constantly train them to be self-pitying, always seek out to be a, a victim whore. And then you're shocked that they act like Black Lives Matter, taking every possible way to take offense at everything. And so uh, one guy, I got to look her up and I'm going to write about her because I want to make sure that in the future people know exactly, you know, when this gal gets Googled, say, hey, here's what this person does, all right? You sure you want to have her hired? But one of these, these precious little spoiled, rotten, professional victim brats that was perfectly socialized that had the benefit of having this uh, superior, much superior uh, socializing in the K-12 through public school system uh, some worthless degree, she's going to major in something stupid uh, even after the HR not HR lady, the uh, diversity lady backpedaled and apologized and oh we'll have an open dialogue it was even willing to sit down with this gal this gal's like I don't even know if I'm going to go to this school anymore black chick, you know, typical victim whore They will turn on their own. You have trained them to... Their way to make money is to find a way, falsely or not, realistically or not, that they are a victim, and then to demand recompense. And if that means they got to turn on the hand that fed them, they will. One of the greatest things I ever saw, and very telling, and I didn't know it at the time, I think it was 10 or 11, I was at the Wisconsin State Fair, and they got... Uh, fish from Lake Michigan in, in this big tank. You know, the fish of Lake Michigan, which you knew because you caught them. You're like, oh, wow, there's a trout. Oh, look, there's a bass. So anyway, there's this big fish in the tank, and there's, like, these leeches on them. I'm like, what the hell are those? They're like snakes. Well, it turns out they're lampreys, and those are also in Lake Michigan. So there's, they and they put these poor fish in with the lampreys just to show you what lampreys do, and the fish is, you could just tell, even though it's a fish, he's miserable because he's got a, a thing sucking the blood and life out of them. And this big lamprey's just on this big fish. And I'm like, oh, that poor fish. Well, all of a sudden, this little lamprey comes in, and it doesn't attach itself to the fish. It attaches itself to the big lamprey. And this big lamprey just releases from the big fish and goes ape crap, just swimming all around. And that's what you leftists have done. You leftists think there's all these Republican, white, male, conservative, libertarian, or basically not leftist fish in Lake Michigan and you're going to stick yourselves to it and you're going to suck out the blood thinking you're all clever in that but you have raised an entire generation in the form of millennials they're like they're like the uh, the flood in um, in uh, the Halo series another perfect example just like the fish in the lampreys it okay you have you have uh, what is it the the earthlings the humans from planet earth 
right? And then you have the covenant, the evil aliens that are they're fighting against us. Uh, and but then there's the flood, these mindless parasites that take over other other humans' bodies and, and creatures' bodies, and they, they don't care. They attack everybody. Just like the Borg in Star Trek, there are many different science fiction uh, instances where all of a sudden there's this mindless enemy that will attack the two feuding enemies that they got to kind of combine forces right now and set aside their differences. And that is exactly what you leftists, you Gen X and Baby Boomer leftists, you brought it upon yourself. These people are the flood. These millennials, these, these quote, well, they had the superior socializing over in the public schools. They know how to handle kids and people and act in public. They are mindless. They will go after anyone as long as they can get their food and their money and their freeze and their gimme dats. So don't act surprised when they come after you because they can't. You didn't teach them honor. You didn't teach them honesty. You didn't teach them intellectual honesty. You didn't teach them independence. You didn't teach them morals. You didn't teach them ethics. All you did was teach them you are a victim and you are entitled. Boo-hoo-hoo. And I also might add that's a highly skewed female upbringing. You're entitled to cake and cookies and poor baby. (laughs) And now you are reaping what you sow. I mean, so seriously, if you want your kids to grow up not only better in terms of academics, uh, it is it is incredibly compelling. Just looking at the this flood slash Borg slash millennial generation and how poorly socialized they were in the public schools compared to these these homeschooled kids that have their act together. I, it, it is it's just laughable. It is just laughable. So if you ever if you ever hear some anti-homeschooler talk about, well, the kids aren't socialized right. Say, oh, really? Because I noticed these millennials are kind of like, you know, asking for their safe spaces. Can't find a job. <laughs> they, they're so stupid they vote left and, and further in depth. I mean, just just point to the millennial generations and how utterly in, incapable they are of dealing with normal life. False rape accusations. Oh, just the list can go on. But if you want to get even older than that, say, yeah, how come we don't roll up our jeans no more? Where are the Nike high tops? Huh? How many how many friends do you still hang out with from high school 20 years on? And not to mention, how great was Gen X exactly at saying, we're going to do better than the baby boomers? Yeah, socializing my ass. My sweet, perfectly sculpted and formed Irish ass. All right, what else? Where's the stop button? Give me a second here. Yeah, great. I end the segment right when I'm passing a bunch of semis. No? Okay, we're going to do one more segment here. I, I forgot I had this. And um, this is not maybe or probably. This is probably tied to, if not, is the most humbling email I've received. And it's so humbling, in fact, I, I'm wondering if it's actually legitimate. <laughs> Because I'm a cynic and a pessimist and things this nice. It's like the hot chick that hits on you with the big tits. You just know she was put up to it or she's high or drunk or there's something wrong. Um, But I got an email from a guy named John. Hi, young man. Hey, I'm going to be 80 next April. This is an older fella. You crack me up and you break my heart. I love what you're doing. You are so psychologically insightful. You are so right about the need for right parenting and the stupidity of so many people as regards... Uh, this vital dimension of life. I think he meant as two regards this vital dimension of life. 
I would just like to say that you should never feel guilty about doing what you're doing, being the older brother or wise dad that they never had. It is truly a beautiful thing you are doing. Aaron, you are a tough man and a decent man. I opted to forego progeny too, but if I had a son like you, I would be one hell of a proud father. And then he sent another follow-up. <clears throat> um, yeah, just an afterthought, as if a busy philosopher needs to hear it. I find you delightfully funny. I would wish, I would never wish the entertainment business on anyone, but you would have been a great stand-up comic, a Bill Hicks or a Doug Stanhope. Hang on. There we go. Got to put on the parking brake. Uh, without the doom and gloom nihilism. You can't fool me, young man. A lot of what you say comes from a deep part of you that really does care about young people. You do not suffer for stupid petty reasons, but because of the unconscious suffering of the world in general. Very rough and very rough to deal with at times, right? It seems as if you have had some sort of awakening that you can now stand aside from the insane world and see it objectively without being wrongly caught by it. Anyway, such a delightful mixture of invaluable facts of practical life sprinkled with your occasional hilarious verbal facial antics. Okay, okay, just wanted to let you know this geezer thinks you're awesome. Well, thank you very much, John. That is the, uh, that is the, the email-wise, one. it is the uh, nicest thing anyone has ever said. I'm kind of hoping it's legit. I'm hoping it's not like some gay guy. Trying to start up. I'm being honest. That's statistically speaking, that what that might is more likely what it is. Um, but no, I don't. I don't have. If it's of any assuagence, if that's even a word uh, to you guys, I don't have any guilt about what I none whatsoever with this. The and and it's it's more dark even than that. I plain don't give a crap anymore. I really don't. Um, a lot of it stems from the agnosticism and I, I have no spirituality or faith in, or, or proof of an afterlife. There might be, there might not be, uh, which does two things. One, it forces you to a carpe diem attitude, recapitalize on the opportunities given to you in your life today in the here and now life, because there's a good chance there isn't an afterlife. Uh, and then it also, there, there's an element of futility and hopelessness because ultimately nothing really does matter. Um, and that's why I can be flippant, arrogant, in your face. Because uh, whereas I'd like to have enough time on this planet, I'm not going to be walking around this planet tiptoeing, walking around eggshells trying to figure out what people want. That's that's what I did for the first 25 years of my life, 27 almost, until I started realizing uh, uh, employers, higher ups, older people, quote wiser elder people, they're they're dumb. And, and worse, if they're not dumb, they're outright frauds and charlatans, and they're screwing you over. And uh, no, I'm not. I'm. I ain't going out like that. Just like I quote in reconnaissance, man. We ain't going out like that. And so there is no guilt, but there is no higher moral purpose. I mean, it's not. I mean, yeah, I want to help out the kids. I do want to help out these guys. And and yeah, why wouldn't you? Why would you want to hurt undeserving people? Why would you want people to walk innocence to walk into the landmine field? of higher education, dating, employment, all that other stuff, socialism, leftist politics. I mean, look look what the, the Democrat Party has done to blacks and women and, and Hispanics too, and minorities in general. Why would you wish that on anybody? Um, but it's not like like I do it for altruism. I'm paid. <laughs> I'm paid, mofo. If I did, I would not spend... Two to three hours a day putting together response videos for a-hole consulting if I wasn't paid. I'd be out doing what I was doing today, and that is driving through the mountains, hiking over by Frisco, Colorado, uh, panning for gold, 
listening to podcasts, serving a very self-indulgent life. That's exactly what I would be doing. Um, you know, and, and if I wasn't paid, I'd be okay, I guess I don't make that much money. You know, that's fine by me. Um, but, but no, there, there's the, the best way to describe my life is giving a finger to the entire world while it, while most people who are on the good side know it's not meant for them and pissing off all the right people along the way. I mean, I'm trying to do good, sure, you know, but I get paid for that. But in the meantime, I am the mirror. I love ripping apart feminists. I love mocking and ridiculing leftist socialist minorities and leftist socialist, you know, uh, majorities as well. But the minorities in particular, like, oh, look, the reason you suck so bad as a group is because you believe in lies and BS and parasitism. I wonder how far you're going to get ahead with that. And I like causing these people misery because they're the ones that made my life harder in terms of finances. They took away uh, what the one thing, my, my birthright I would have had as being born in America. And that is, is not necessarily a right, but the opportunity to, to succeed. I tried. I did everything I wanted to do the right way. You know, I went to college. I did what I was told to do. And all I did was waste my youth. Well, that, that no. Not only am I not wasting my life anymore... I am taking and ruining as many lives as I can with me who deserve. Who, everyone who's on the lying side of the force, everyone who believes in the lies or, or spreads the lies, I'm, I'm just taking a mirror, showing it right in your face, showing you what a hypocrite and a freaking loser you are. And then every day, if I can't help it, I'm going to remind you where your life is going and that you're wasting it. That's why I love slamming on feminists. That's why I love slamming on fat chicks. That's why I love slamming on wimpy-ass, weak, millennial men. That's why I love slamming on socialists, reminding them they're parasites. That's why I constantly love reminding minorities every day, hey, you know, you you can either stop having kids out of wedlock and start majoring in the right things and stop blaming Whitey for your problems, or you can just keep having the same crap that you've had for the past 50 years. Anyway, so thank you very much for that uh, email. I think I will print that out. That will make it into the... I'll make it into the the memoir box. So when I die, they'll say, oh my gosh, he wasn't that much of an asshole. All right, anyway, that's it. I got to upload this thing from Cigars on Six, one of my favorite cigar lounges in Denver. I'm on just a couple blocks away, parked already here, pulled over. Uh, if you would please kindly, what is it? Louise had a, one of regular follower Louise, not not the female Louise, Luis, the Hispanic L-U-I-Z, Luis. Had a dog named Louise. Everybody thought, oh, Louise, hey, que pasa? I'm like, no, she's not Hispanic. Technically, she's German because she's a wiener dog. It's Louise, like the French female. Never mind. Um, he said there was like the five things. Follow, subscribe, comment, link, and forward, vote. If you'd just be so kind as to spread this podcast on the social interwebs, that's basically all I want. So if you, if you like, you can comment. I do know voting it up on iTunes helps. But if you just post it on your Facebook, if you like this, you know, spread it around. And that's all we got. All right, you kids have fun. Uh, I It will be a... Yeah, don't expect anything on the weekend. The, the old captain is going to be taking the weekend off. Unless I want to brag about hiking, I'll take more pictures and brag about that later. Toodles.